podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another episode of MLS UK Show Stoppage Time. I'm Henry Hewitt and as always I'm joined by... Elliot Holman, let's do it once again. Another episode of Stoppage Time, another episode following a bumper weekend of MLS action full of surprises, drama. What else would we expect from MLS, Elliot? <laughs> uh, yeah, do you know what? I'm really, really enjoying this season. I do wish I do wish the games were spread out a little bit, but Saturdays is just my sanctuary. Um, pop to bed for a little bit, get a few hours and then get up. I had some ice cream on the go at the weekend, just taking in all the games at once, multi-screen. <sighs> so good. It's so good. Yeah, no, I mean, for the social life, because, you know, you do something on a Saturday, yeah, you're missing a big chunk of matches, but at least you'd have the Sunday then, potentially a Monday, to catch up and watch a game and at least feel you're a part of it. Now, if you have plans on a Saturday, it's game over. You're watching highlights. That's it then for next week. Yeah, there's a lot of talk at the minute about, you know, I do miss the Sunday games and I miss, you know, a little cheeky Wednesday night, uh, you know, maybe like Portland, LA Wednesday night at some ridiculous time, but... Um, other than that, you know, we have got to be thankful that, um, you know, this is, this is what we get. We get to experience all the games, um, really easy to find. And, uh, I'm, I'm really, really enjoying this season. I just, yeah, I think there's so many, so many different stories on, all over, all over the league and, um, at both ends of the standings. Yeah, uh, and on that note, I should say thanks so much for everyone who watched or listened to our interview with Gillian Sakovitz. Uh, from, of course, Apple TV's MLS Season Pass. Um, you know, a lot of kind words said to uh, to ourselves about the interview and also about Gillian. So, uh, yeah, if you haven't watched of you or listened to that yet, then head to YouTube or your podcast provider. Follow us, subscribe, and you can watch it on there as well. Um, and a massive shout-out before we talk about this weekend's uh, past action in MLS to our sponsors, Soccer90.com. Remember, if you go to Soccer90.com, Type MLS UK in at the discount code at the checkout. You get 20% off. They've got all sorts of MLS uh, shirts, uh, European jerseys, Premier League jerseys, international jerseys as well. Loads on there. So check them out. Soccer90.com. Right, Elliot, let's talk about this weekend in MLS. Unfortunately, where we've got to start is the Red Bull Arena. Uh, Not because it was a, uh, well, it wasn't a great game footballing wise, but because uh, of a, an incident that happened, um, you know, in the game, uh, Jeremy Ebobasi of San Jose um, said he heard um, some racist language used towards. Uh, he did come out afterwards and say it may not have uh, been necessarily to him, but it was uh, used by a Red Bulls player. Uh, he refused to um, say who the Red Bulls player was. Uh, there, I think there was a point where they were actually going to bring the players off the pitch, and he decided to stay on. Um, you know, the match ended 1-1, but uh, on the grand scheme of things, Elliot, MLS say they're going to look into it. And it's disappointing, isn't it, that this sort of thing is being brought up again? Um, you know, it's 2023. It shouldn't really be, should it? No, I mean, that that goes without saying, of course, that that is our, our stance uh, on it as well. But I, I think, for me, you have to be very, very careful with, with allegations like these. And so that's why I, I, you know, I said nothing at the time, but I found it really strange. Um, you know, it, it was a poor tackle. It was a, it was a high foot, a, a yellow card was issued. And then in the melee of, of players arguing all of a sudden one, one sentence 
seem to just blow up uh, you know the reaction of so many players at once it it did it did spark you know you you your thoughts it did it did begin to make me think whatever was just said then was not okay and i think it was really clear before any replays before there was any talk about it um i messaged my mate and said what did he just say then because something was said there quite clearly um for, for players to react like that. So regardless of, of what category of insult you're going to put it in, it was clearly, you know, something that enraged multiple players um, uh, on the San Jose team. And so, um, yeah, it, it was noticeable straight away. Of course, you know, if something, um, you know, racist was said, then that is disgusting in this day and age. We shouldn't still be talking about it, but we are. Um, and and of course, I hope they get to the bottom of it. And I hope that, that, that uh, either way, of course, um, whether it was or it wasn't, I hope they get to the bottom of it so so that everybody's aware of, of what happened or didn't happen. Um, but the football in this game was also terrible. I watched I watched the, the whole of this game live and just waiting for Red Bulls to kick into gear. They could not finish their chances. They could not get anything going in the final third, and, and ultimately were, were lucky to, to get a point from the game. Yeah, well, they, they do say sometimes that you could play all day and not score a goal with the way they're playing. Um, it seemed like we did play all day. It was the 107th minute, <laughs> 21 minutes. when Tom Barlow eventually got his, um, you know, the equaliser for... Red Bulls and uh, Red Bulls find themselves, you know, lower than probably they used to in MLS standings. If you look at the last, well, as long as they've been in MLS, really, eleventh in the table uh, in the East. Um, I mean, it's, they've not won in three games now. It's not been a great start, has it for them? No, it hasn't. Um, I've kind of, I kind of backed them because they were playing at home, and I thought San Jose have been pretty bad away from home San Jose traveling a long way for the game as well which of course is a big factor um and so I was surprised if I'm honest surprised that they couldn't get that job done but um they didn't deserve the three points you know the the performance was poor and you're right that they're a lot further down than than we'd expect um a team I kind of put on their level would be Columbus and they've had a fantastic start to the season so um yeah work to be done on the other hand San Jose find themselves sixth in the West, and that's probably a place that we wouldn't have expected to see San Jose. They've, they've, uh, you know, New York Red Bulls haven't won in three. San Jose are unbeaten in three, and they've had a good start, probably a, a much better start than what we thought, because I think both of us at the start of the season didn't really expect much from them. No, we didn't. And um, to be honest, I think they're blessed to have Lucci in charge as their coach. I think he's, he's done incredible work so far. I saw him very calm on the touchline um, throughout not just the, the drama in that game, but throughout the whole game, um, you know, very experienced, knows his way around the West, certainly. And so um, I'm really interested to see, because we said for ages, you know, they were San Jose, they'd had a great week and then they had a terrible week and a great week and a terrible week. Um, so change of coach, you know, we called for that. Um, and so I'm, I'm thrilled to see that it's starting to pay off for them. Right, move on to our next game then. Seattle versus St. Louis. It was the battle of the top two in the West and Seattle won to go top of the table. 3-0 in the end. It was 0-0 at half time, but three second half goals from Seattle won them the game. 
And this is the Seattle where we was uh, we were quite surprised last year at how badly we did in the league. This is more like it. This is the Seattle we know and love, top of the table. And to be honest, I don't know about you, Elliot, I think it's going to take a hell of an effort to uh, move them, especially from the top two. Credit to St. Louis as well, because going into the game, nobody really knew what was going to happen. Um, I knew there was going to be goals. Uh, <laughs> St. Louis, uh, I think we're averaging three goals a game away from home, which is ridiculous. Um, and Seattle, of course, who knows how many goals they're averaging at, at home, but it was a lot. So we knew we were going to get goals. Um, and that was that was all I was confident in um, because I didn't want to say that Seattle were definitely going to beat St. Louis because of the, the fantastic start they've had. And who knew in week one, who knew we'd be saying that this this far into the season um so credit to st louis that that we went into the game unsure but seattle really starting to cement themselves now um really easy for for people in our position talking about the league it's very lazy to go oh yes well seattle yeah yeah good but you've got to call it like you see it right seattle are a really really fantastic team this year um from back to front actually um you know jordan morris playing centrally up top not something we're necessarily used to, but something they're going to have to stick to, I think. Yeah, well, it's definitely working. And it's, um, you know, he didn't even score this weekend and he still scored three goals. Yeah, Seattle looking great. They're, they're going about the business really well. They're not conceding many. And uh, it's all the recipe for a successful season. I think there's a lot of, um, you know, Seattle, even though they won the Champions League last year, a lot of them kind of a bit bitter about last season, a bitter about losing that record of, making the playoffs and uh, and yeah, it was just, you could tell going into this season, I think they needed not necessarily a restart because I don't think many of the players have changed, but more of just a, a refocus. And I think that's what they've definitely had. St. Louis, I've had a great start. They're still second. Okay, they've lost the last two games, but you think for St. Louis now, they I think there's enough there to, for me to say that they can uh, get back to winning ways fairly soon and, and remain in the top half of the West. Again, you said that it's lazy about talking uh, about Seattle and saying that, oh, they're doing well. I think it's also lazy to just assume that St. Louis uh, aren't going to finish in the top four, but I do think they will finish in the playoffs. So uh, I'm excited to see how this unknown road of St. Louis uh, will continue throughout the rest of the season. I can't wait to see what happens. Yeah, agreed. Um, I, I think St. Louis are the really exciting story, no matter where it goes from here. It's, caught everybody by surprise so um whatever happens I, th I think they'll be bitterly disappointed if they're not a playoff team after the start they've made but that's that's gonna be that's gonna need everyone mucking in and you know they because they're going for hard work over proven talent so I'm I'm rooting for them it's gonna be a big job um and when we're talking about lazy journalism and uh Seattle being good and St. Louis being good LAFC ladies and gentlemen um, while we're being lazy, LAFC are good at soccer ball. Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. Reigning um, MLS champions, they won 3-0 against Austin at the weekend, which is uh, no mean feat. I mean, Austin are still, okay, they've not had the season that they would have hoped for, but still got a good team. Uh, Buanga scored a hat-trick, and now suddenly everyone's talking about Buanga, everyone's talking about potential MVP. And uh, I think Jordan Morris may have something to say, but you've got to look at them two as the favourites at the moment, or at least two of the favourites. Do you know what really excites me about um, LAFC at the minute is we've always known them with Carlos Vela, who of course is well known uh, is a well known MLS UK player. Um, 
from his time at Arsenal. And he's very good. He's good at what he does. That we had the years of Zlatan versus Vea and um, now we've got Chicharito. But Buanga is just a different animal. Is he better? I don't know. It's a completely different approach though. Vea, you know, it's more it's a lot more slow and methodical, um, mainly because of his age. Buanga is just full force. It's so exciting. Um, you know, he's buzzing around, taking on shots from everywhere, confidence is high, everything's done in such a fluid motion with um, pace and precision, and I love it. I love it so much. Well, he followed up his uh, two goals in the week as LAFC beat Vancouver in the Champions League with another three at the week, and that's five in a week. Anything Jordan Morris can do, Buanga can do too. And yeah, I think it's uh, at the moment looks like it could be them too. If they carry on the way they're going, uh, it could be them too. I mean, them too, the way they're going, if they continue on this averaging five goals a week, they could be rivaling uh, Erling Haaland for the amount of goals in a calendar year. Um, so we'll wait and see on that one. Now there's one team... One team that I'm sure are listening to us here and going, yeah, you're talking about Seattle, you're talking about LAFC, what about us? Well, Cincy fans, we're going to talk about you right now. Top of the East, one again, only conceded four this season and three of those were in one game against Chicago. What a season it's been. Luci Acosta got the goal as they beat Philadelphia at home. Cincinnati, one of us predicted that they could win MLS Cup, I believe, if I think back to our season preview episode. And uh, the prediction's looking fairly fairly positive at the moment. This was the podcast that told you Cincinnati were the team to watch in the East this season. Um, and, and it's interesting, isn't it? Because all jokes aside about Orlando, we said Orlando had a fantastic off-season. Um, and... This is the difference. They haven't gone and, and done anything with it. Cincinnati have got a fantastic roster. We it, it, It's more similar to last season, if that makes sense. They've not made big wholesale changes. And I think that's how we knew that they were going to have a really impressive season. Um, and I, I'm here for it. You know, great stadium, great team. They had their years of struggles, let's be honest. Um, and you're never more than a couple of bad trades away from from the wooden spoon again. So they'll need to tread carefully. But they look they look in really, really tip-top condition. And uh, again, exciting to see a team like Cincinnati at, at the top of the East. Yeah, well, all the talk before the season was about their strike force. And there's another player within that strike force who has been linked away from FC Cincinnati. I'm going to talk about him in a moment. But the defence, you know, as I said there, they only conceded four goals. One of them was in one game against Chicago, which they actually drew 3-3. Free free. So he's still unbeaten as well. It's been such a positive start. And for me, if you'd have said, well, where are Cincy going to, if they're going to finish top of the uh, East, who's going to get them there? I would say their strike force. At the moment, it's actually the defence and keeping it tight. That's going to get them to the top of the table. And Well, they're already there, but to stay there. Yeah, it's a solid foundation, isn't it? I think in the next couple of weeks, every team is going to have played enough, maybe with the exception of Montreal, is going to have played enough home games, enough away games, done enough uh, long long road trips to, to for us to really gauge where we're at. Um, but I think I'd be amazed if in a couple of weeks we're not talking about Cincinnati still being um, real, real title contenders in the East because um, of, of the fantastic start they've had. They look solid. They've, you know, yes, they've got attack, but like you say, they're keeping it tight at the back. And that's, you know, if you if you can stop yourself from conceding, you're going to get at least a point. Uh, and with a talented attack as well, that you know, they're regularly on for on for all three. So, 
yeah, fantastic start. Right, I'm going to put you on the spot. So let's talk Cincinnati, LAFC, Seattle. Ranking one to three, your favourites for MLS Cup. I'm going to go LAFC. I think, I think each side have got their merits. I think Seattle could maybe outscore everybody. Um, I think Cincinnati are a lot more of a balanced side, as we've just touched on. Um, and I think LAFC creatively are absolutely fantastic. But at home, LAFC seem to be able to, you know, as, as they did last season, seem to be able to make that home advantage count. They've added, which is frightening, they've added to the roster. Um, so absolutely no detriment to the other two sides because I th- I think it's a really tough question right now I would probably pick LAFC but we're going on really small margins here go on two and three then who are your second favorites Seattle experience right okay well I'm gonna choose LAFC as well for first just because they won it last year they've got that you know that recent experience Seattle have been there done it before they've got still a similar squad to last year and the season before but just to be different, my boy Cincy, I said at the start of the season we could do it. I think looking at each conference, you look at Cincinnati, who I'm not getting ahead of myself here because I know there is some good teams in the East. But you look at the West and think, could it just be a, a Seattle um, LAFC shootout? I think, yes, you've got Columbus you've, who are doing well. You've got other teams as well who are doing well in the East. But I think if there is one team in the East that can just go ahead and keep on going then they will, should win that uh, conference and potentially have a e- slightly easier route to MLS Cup, whereas it could easily just be a Seattle LAFC shootout uh, in the West. So one of those teams will obviously get knocked out at some point before MLS Cup. Saying that, you could ask me next week, it could all change. That's the beauty of uh, MLS. But I think I'll go Cincinnati into my second. Seattle third. Uh, but there's, uh, yeah, we, we ask ourselves that question in a few weeks and we could have a different top three. Uh, exactly we'll check back in a few weeks so just before we leave Cincinnati actually I want to bring this up to you I don't know if you've seen this Brandon Vazquez US men's national team and international uh, has been linked with a move away move to England and one of the teams he's been linked with is Norwich City um would you fancy a bit of Brandon at Carroll Road well I'm already concerned that uh, uh our striker of four or five years, Timu Puki, who's setting records at the club, is is leaving at the end of the season. That's confirmed. Um, and he said a new challenge. I'm already concerned he's going to turn up in MLS. And I, I just, I, my heart can't take that. I don't, I can't see him banging in goals for anyone else. I can't. Um, so I'm already concerned about that. Would I take Brandon Vazquez? Absolutely. Um, I, I think there's a lot of, there's a lot of scouting to be done. Um, in MLS. I think there's some fantastic talents. Um, certainly, certainly Brandon Vazquez falls into that category. Um, there's there's 10, 15 MLS players I would take at, at Norwich City next season. So that's that's really exciting. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, yeah, I think, uh, you know, I, I think he's also linked with Everton. So chances are he could be playing in the championship anyway, uh, whether it be for Norwich or Everton. Uh, come next year. But uh, yeah, I think uh, Brendan Vazquez, I mean, we we were talking about this, um, you know, off air recently about players that have, you know, a kind of, I think it was through talking about Jordan Morris and, you know, the, the players that are in MLS who could 
get that move over to the UK. You probably deserve a move over to Europe to give it a go there. Um, and yeah, you definitely put Brandon Vasquez in that conversation. I think he's been consistently very good. He was very good last season for Cincinnati, helped them up into the, the playoffs. Um, you know, and I know he's, he's not scored a load of goals yet so far this season, but he's still a top, top player who, you know, given that opportunity, uh, whether it be the Championship or the Premier League or any other division in Europe, you would say that he he should be okay. I think he should do well. I'm just surprised. That, well, not so much surprised because I guess Jesse Marsh has gone. But I am surprised and quite, um, what's the word? Um, I don't know. It's, it's just nice to see that these players aren't being le- uh, linked with Leeds United anymore. A bit of a change. It's, ref- it's refreshing. It's refreshing. Um, yeah. I- there's there's a lot of you know I, you know I wouldn't mind uh, Almada at Norwich you know don't think that's going to happen think he's probably going to go to Manchester City um, <laughs> and I wouldn't mind uh, Buanga but I'll settle for Vasquez uh, right well we're going to end uh, this week's stoppage time episode with our question of the week now uh, we normally get a question from uh, you guys our listeners and we will do in a few weeks time again. But it's actually a question that I thought of uh, before and it's a question I want to put to both of us. I'll start with you, Elliot. Um, and we're about, what, six, seven weeks into the season now. Um, we, we we did ask Gillian this actually last week, but uh, just for you, which team has been the, uh, which team has surprised you? Give me two teams that one surprised you uh, for how well they've done and another who have uh, who have not done so well. I think the team that have surprised us is is easy. I mean, if I didn't say St. Louis, it would be strange, right? Um, but but I, I don't want to just choose them as an easy option. Um, I think I, I went into quite a lot of detail in the, the first couple of episodes about um, how their roster didn't impress me at all and still doesn't, if I'm honest, um, on paper at least. Um, I think it's fantastic coaching. I think it, something special is going on there to achieve what they've achieved with with players that have you know, played bit parts in, in, in other MLS sides or not played in MLS at all. Um, you know, they've done some excellent scouting um, for, with the likes of Klaus, for example, joining the side. But... Um, I really think it's it's more than just going, oh, didn't expect them to do well. Um, I really didn't expect them to do well. Um, so they they absolutely have surprised me. Um, who's surprised? I'm a little bit disappointed in Montreal, to be honest. Um, still waiting for them to score a goal away from home. Bizarre. Um, I know it's a unique situation with their stadium, and they're playing a lot of away games. But if you're playing a lot of away games, you've got to start at least scoring in one of them. Um, new coach, kind of expected, kind of expected a little bit better, if I'm honest. Okay. Well, yeah, I would agree with that. I think they're fair shouts. Um, for me, I'd probably say in terms of surprised me, um, in terms of how good they've done, I'm going to mention two teams here, but potentially when we were talking about teams in the East, uh, who were doing well and uh, who could challenge top spot were probably shouting at their computer screens or, or they're into their headphones uh, that we didn't mention them. Uh, one of them is New England and one of them is Atlanta. Now, of course, I've got a, uh, I've got a soft spot for Atlanta, to say the least. But um, I think New England, you know, after last season, they did so well this season before, then dropped off last season. And I looked, and I'm not doubting Bruce Arena as a manager or the players, but for me, I just felt that maybe they 
I don't know. They, could they do it again? Could they get back up to the top end of the East? Uh, did they have enough in them? Did they have the motivation? Is there one or two players that may be looking at, at moves away? And they're second, and they've done really well. They're unbeaten at home. Um, they're scoring goals as well. So uh, I have been quite surprised that they find themselves in second. Pleasantly surprised, but quite surprised. Atlanta, of course, I, before the season, I had my doubts on how well uh, we would do. Um, you know, it's a very transitional period for Atlanta, but, you know, a good draw away at New England, uh, sorry, New York at the weekend. And um, apart from that Columbus result, I think it's been a very, very good season so far. So they would be my two pleasant surprises. My team, I'm surprised, who have done so badly. Um, and I could say LA Galaxy, who had another nightmare at the weekend. But I'm going to say SKC. I, I don't know if SKC... We kind of got used to them having a poor season, but then bouncing back, and they find themselves bottom of the West. It's been another poor season. You know, I think Peter, for me, so, you know, again, we said on the podcast last year, we kind of said it, you know, a bit tentatively, but saying, as his time come at SK, uh, come to an end at SKC, should they be getting a bit of a refresh? Should they be looking somewhere else? We give him the benefit of a doubt over the close season, but the way they've started... You've got to make that argument again and say, do they need a change? Do they need a refresh? Um, because they've got a lot of players there who have who've been there for a while. They've got a head coach who's been there a while. And they found themselves bottom of the West. It's been so poor this season. Um, so, yeah, so that would be my team. I'm, I'm surprised they're doing as badly as what they are. Uh, yeah, there's there's two I'd, I'd really echo there. Um, one of them is SKC. Um I agree. It feels all a bit stagnant. It feels like it needs a real, real freshen up, a real shake up. Um, it's not going to boost our chances of getting um, Britain's Johnny Russell on the show at all. But I, I think when you look at the the players that teams are adding these days, Johnny Russell was, you know, is is that the is that the move? Is that the player for them? Um, feels really harsh to say but I, th I think you kind of will know what I'm saying with that um we've been talking about Buanga you know in this in this podcast we've been talking about Vazquez you know for me they need a real a real freshen up um and I agree on uh New England Revolution as well I watched um every minute of, of their last couple of games live in the last two weeks um really you know really effective with the ball Maybe I'd probably say let Montreal have a little bit too much. I think against a better side who are more in form, they would have struggled. They would have conceded because they gave away some chances in their own box. But um, I, I would agree they've, you know, they've certainly surpassed expectations so far. Yeah, and I definitely have a soft spot for them because our predictions from last week, I actually said they would beat Montreal 4-0 and it <laughs> happens. So we will find out if that was enough for me to win uh, the predictions last week on the next episode of the MLS UK show. But that's it for this episode of Stoppage Time. Uh, remember, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, please um, follow us um, on your podcast provider and leave a rating. But Elliot, there's one rule and one rule only. LA Galaxy style, five stars only. Remember when they were good. <laughs> Um, also, if you are watching on YouTube, hello and thank you very much for watching, getting to this part of the uh, podcast. If you've enjoyed it, please like the video, click the notification bell and subscribe to us. It really does help and we really do appreciate it. Uh, once again, thank you to our sponsor, Soccer90.com. Type in MLS UK at the discount code in the checkout to get 20% off. 
But for now, I've been Henry Hewitt. And I've been Elliot Holman. See you next week. See ya. Sports Social Podcast Network.